special episode of Everybody Gay, Everybody Get to Therapy. Uh, tonight, a, an episode all about the messy, messy show, The Ultimatum Queer Love. With your hosts, Speak Pirate, a.k.a. Joanna. Uh, I am an expert on this show because I just binge-watched it and also because I have been married for 15 days. Yay! 15 days! Uh, and your other host, LCO123, a.k.a. Vina, a fellow expert because I also binge-watched it and I will be engaged in 10 days. <laughs> Woo! Wow! We are, like, right here, right here on the precipice. So exciting! And congratulations to you. Thank you, and congratulations or, back to you. Pre-congratulations. Pre <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Pre-congratulations. Congratulations, like, take 10. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we, we were talking about The Ultimatum Queer Love. I had never watched the straight version of The Ultimatum. Had you? I did. I <gasps> did. I, I'm i very well versed in the, I'm going to call it the Lachey-averse, which mm. is uh, the various Netflix dating shows hosted by Nick and Vanessa Lachey. Uh, they hosted the first season of The Ultimatum. Uh, I like to imagine that Nick Lachey was like, I'm not going to host a show with them queers. And they got out before season two. I don't think that's actually what happened. I think that they're probably allies. But I think it's funny to imagine that. I have a lot of ideas about the Lachey's marriage. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have no thoughts about the Lachey's marriage. Except, isn't he the guy who used to be in a boy band and also was previously married to Jessica Simpson? Correct. He was in 98 Degrees. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he was like from a boy band of of my sister's generation. So I feel like when I when I picture her room as like a, a preteen or a teenager, like I I I'm sure he was like in one of the posters that I can visualize being on the walls. I'm sure he was probably a scruffy little goatee, you know, mm -hmm. a back hat perhaps. Did you say it was 98 degrees? I think she had a yes. calendar. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll check back. But um, yeah, so the ultimatum uh, for anyone who is not familiar with what is truly a banana pants concept is that you would go on the show with your significant other because one of you wants to get married and the other one is uncertain and so you go on the show and the idea is that at the end you will either be engaged to your person uh, or you will have broken up or you will potentially leave engaged to another contestant on the show because you will be like, quote unquote, breaking up with your person and then you will be partnering with one of the other contestants who also came in as part of a couple that they'll be breaking up from. Uh, and you will have like a three week, I think it's three weeks, a trial marriage with this other new person. Yeah. And it ha it does one of my favorite things in reality television, which is that much like a cult, they start to develop their own language for things. Yes. So like everybody is throwing around the phrase trial marriage. Like that's something that exists in the real <laughs> world outside of this show. Um, they're not permitted to call it the show. They all have to call it the experience. We took part in the experience. And then everybody's also throwing around the phrase, hell yes. Like, you're my hell yes. I'm your hell yes. I want to be your hell yes. I don't want to be anybody's. I don't want to be with you unless you're not, not my hell yes. All of this. Um, which, I, I, to me, that's one of the most fascinating psychological aspects of reality television. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I will also say, so this is just, the as the first episode started rolling, 
And as they kind of got into explaining the concept, I just felt like, okay, this is absolutely banana pants. Mm -hmm. And all of these couples should break up. Like, and yes. first, first thought, best thought, I really do stand by all of these couples should break up. If your relationship is at a point where you're like, I really want to get married. My partner is really not sure. The solution to this is definitely that we should go on reality television together. Yeah. I feel like you're you're already at a point where breaking up is is the thing that should happen. Right. I agree because it's like there's a few potential scenarios happening there. Number one, you guys are just doing this because you want to be on television, mm -hmm. you know, um, which is actually probably the most like charitable explanation <laughs> um, because, you know, otherwise it's like, okay, what are you communicating here? Like, it's more important to you to be married than to be with your particular person or like you just want to see what else is out there or you you know, you guys have like never really had a conversation about like long-term goals um, or, you know, you guys just haven't even really been together long enough for this to be something that's coming up. Well, or, and I, I think that this is like something that's going on in a few of these relationships, like you both maybe know that it's not, that yeah. this isn't, like you both kind of know that it might not be right. You you might be better off broken up, but like just nobody has really like nobody's said it. Like they're in a kind of a stasis, and so maybe they're just hoping that the experience is what they need that's going to like shake them up to move in in one direction or another. Yeah, yeah. So should we maybe like do a little brief recap of each couple? How does that? Yeah. Oh, would yeah, that yeah. would that be good? I think that I think that that's solid. Do you want to start? Mm. Sure, I will start. One thing I'm just going to to note before we start talking about this, Netflix plays a very weird game with the pronouns in this show. Oh, yes. uh, and so I think before we get started, let me just make sure that I that we are operating with the same understanding of everybody's pronouns. So I think Mal uses she they and xander uses she they yes and aussie uses aussie and aussie uses aussie okay and everybody as else pronoun as as everybody else, pronoun. yeah everybody else i do well no actually i think that uh tiff is also uh if oh, also uses they they them yeah I, they, okay and everybody else is she her and, and also yeah i mean we'll say more about it as we go along but like there are a lot of weird structural things about the show, but I think the pronoun thing might be because the show was filmed, like there was a long delay between filming and when it aired, is my understanding. Um, okay. And then a, a longer delay between that and the reunion. So yes, I think I think that people's pronouns may have evolved like post filming, which is is my sure. charitable uh, my charitable guess of what happened there. That is very charitable. That is very charitable. So, um, so let's see. The couple that I feel will probably have the most to say about, although who knows, uh, is Vanessa and Xander. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa is a born reality TV villain, I think. She was, like, birthed in a production studio somewhere, I'm pretty sure. Um, she is really interested in kind of playing the field and seeing what's out there. Uh, Xander is very interested in commitment and um, having children. Mm 
-hmm. And they come into the ultimatum after having been together for four years. They have a really cute origin story. Uh, In high school, their boyfriends were best friends. Uh, And then years later, uh, after, you know, being on different journeys, they ran into each other in line at a taco truck. They're both 30 years old and they have been together for four years. Um, So, yeah, that that's Xander and Vanessa. Um, We also have Mal and Yoli. Uh, Mal is 36. Yoli is 34. They've been together for three years. Uh, Mal is like a very like very smooth, very mask. Um, and Yoli is, Yoli is the one who gave the ultimatum. We should say that in Xander and Vanessa, Xander is the one who gave the ultimatum. Mm -hmm. So the ultimatum giver is the person who's like ostensibly most interested in marriage. And then the other person is the person who is not so sure and has been dragged on this reality TV show to kind of go through a crucible, uh, of what comes next. But Yoli uh, wants to have, you know, she wants to get married. She wants to have children. Uh, Mal's hesitations uh, seem to center around wanting to make sure they have money for all of the things that they're going to need in their future uh, before really embarking on that future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so then we have uh, Lexi and Ray. Uh, Lexi is, I think she's 24 at the time yep. of filming. Yep. And Ray is 27, I believe. Yep. Um, and they've been together for, what, like two years? Three, Three years. years. Three years. Okay. Okay. Uh, Lexi, in this case, was the ultimatum giver. Um, and they have kind of an interesting relationship where... Um, Lex, Lexi really wants to be committed. She's very connected with her family. Uh, it sounds like Ray has also been very connected with Lexi's family. Um, but there's just, Ray has just had trouble uh, committing. And there's sort of a sense that Lexi is really the the driving force between a lot in the relationship. And that Ray is um, a bit of a passenger in her own life, shall we say. I would agree. And Ray is also extremely shy. Like, she seems yes. like the person who is far and away the least comfortable being on reality television. Yes, agreed. Uh, okay, then we have uh, Sam and Aussie. Uh, Sam is 31, Aussie is 42, and they have been together just a year and a half, which I feel like is kind of is kind of soon to be really pressing for marriage. Um, but Sam is the one who gave the ultimatum uh, and I, I will say that um, th- their relationship, as I mentioned, I think that all of these people should break up. I think that is the right path forward for every single one of them. Um, but I will say that one thing uh, that I thought was cool about Sam and Aussie is I don't feel like you often uh, like you often see uh, two Asian women who are queer, who are, I, I shouldn't, I, I guess, uh, you, you don't see two Asian queers who are dating each other on television mm-hmm. very often. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, Aussie is also from Australia. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hence the nickname. Um, and then uh, our final couple is Tiff and Mildred. Uh, Tiff and Mildred, is, they are an interesting couple because they are sort of they're treated like just another normal couple in the show. Uh, But there is a lot of conflict in their relationship. And we learn in the reunion that this conflict has escalated to 
um, you know, breaking of breaking of objects and physical violence. And and domestic violence. Like domestic Mildred, violence. Mildred is arrested for domestic violence. Like in yes. between the end of film. Yeah, uh, I I feel like we'll have a lot to say about this as the show goes on, but um, Vanessa is like the declared villain of the series. Like Vanessa yeah. is sort of the Wilden, I would say, like the. The person who is like sure. moving around and, and you know being a oh I'm a villain I'm a villain, uh, but I really think that Mildred is like the Presra of the series because mm-hmm. uh, she is operating. The show really frames this couple as oh they're one of those couples you know they're very hot and cold, passionate, they fight a lot, uh, they're always they're always breaking up and then getting back together. So the show really frames them. We've all known couples like that before. So the show really frames them as like a a very normalized version of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that that's super damaging because it's not like Netflix didn't know it happens before the reunion that Mildred actually is arrested for physically, um, physically abusing Tiff. So problem. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely a problem. Um, and it's, there's, there's a lot of like, like it's framed a lot as like, we have communication issues and like all of these couples have (laughs) communication issues. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. This this show could be called, you know, uh, the ultimatum communication issues, but I think that, yeah, it's clearly like much more volatile and violent in the case of Mildred and Tiff. Um, another thing, Tiff is a real dog person. And that is a huge, uh, huge point of contention in the show, uh, which is funny because uh, one of the lines that I think made the trailer for this show was something about, um, you know, if, if you if you can't be if you don't don't love my dog, I don't want to know you or something like that. And then that ends up being like a huge, huge fight in the show. Um, yeah. So I, I think that this show has, a, like I said, the, the concept is banana pants. However, I think that this show is actually, like, in addition to just being, like, trashy and, like, I love mess, like, the show actually, like, does some interesting things in terms of, like, the kind of tensions that sort Mm -hmm. of emerge. I feel like there's an inherent tension between what people think they want and what they actually want that is, like, very very present as they move through the, the experience. Uh, and I think also like who they actually are versus like who they believe that they are and who they want their partner to be um, mm-hmm. that I think becomes really interesting. I also think even though the whole like trial marriage thing uh, is is somewhat ridiculous and uh, like not not real, very clearly just manufactured for television, uh, I think that it's doing an interesting thing where it's kind of like, it's similar to like when uh, somebody in a, a partnership has an affair and then it's like, oh, my marriage actually became stronger after like we rebuilt our foundations mm-hmm. after like it's sort of trying to like grow that experience in a lab like, mm-hmm. oh, I went mm-hmm. and I had this other experience uh, and I, I got to see what another relationship with someone who's not you would be yeah. like. And like, this is what I'm coming back with, like that knowledge of. So it actually like I, but I I still think everyone should break up. But by the time we got to like the end of the series, I was like, 
I actually, I actually do think people learn things from this, which is very unexpected. What, what were your thoughts? I, I agree with that. I, I think that there's this that way in which like reality TV is sort of like a broken clock that's right twice a day. And sometimes it does really hit on something real. To me, what was fascinating, having watched the first season of this show and then also having watched uh, the last three or four seasons of Love is Blind, um, part of the uh, Lachey-averse, of course. Uh, is that those shows all um, so far have have been about heterosexual couples. And so there's so much in there about gender roles and expectations and the idea of, you know, the man needing to be the one to propose, the woman being the one to accept, and sort of the, the really kind of grim state of heterosexuality, uh, even in this modern era. I found it really interesting to take a show um, with, you know, have the same premise and then eliminate the element of heterosexuality and see what happens in its absence. Because, like, you know, you don't necessarily have some of the same familial pressures. You don't necessarily have, you know, biological clocks ticking quite in the same way. You don't necessarily have as many... Uh, societal messages telling people like, oh, you gotta, you know, get your husband or get your wife, you know. Um, and so it ends up in this sort of interesting way being, becoming a more internal story, I think, because each of these people, I was going to call them characters, which is <laughs> not inaccurate. Uh, they're all having to kind of uh, confront, I think, more internal hurdles, maybe in some ways than external hurdles and the external hurdles that they're having to face are different. You know, um, there are things like, you know, Ozzy not being out to Ozzy's family and, um, you know, divorce and, and certain certain things that are a little bit different, I think. And like the financial element of if we want to have children, not sure. only are children expensive to raise, but we would also have to have money for like IVF and for, yeah. you know, stuff, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that that is, I think that that is a really interesting point. And I also think that the, the person on the show who has like, when, when I think about like the heterosexual version of like, we're going to be, you know, dating, check. Fiance, check. Wife, check. You know, like mm -hmm. the, the person who kind of like just has this checklist they're working through. The person who like lines up the most with that on um, this show is Lexi. Uh, sure. And I think that sh she's also the youngest person. Like, yeah. So I feel like that's really interesting because, like, you know, queer marriage has been uh, around for her for most of her life in a way that it maybe hasn't um, for, you know, the, the, people who are like 36 or 42 or you know things like that well and also that she seems to have um be very close to her parents who are still married to one another and you know perhaps in some ways that's influenced her as well um yeah so of these initial couples like who who <laughs> Based on like the first couple of episodes, who did you think maybe had a fighting chance here? Ooh, um, if any of them. Okay, I think that like of of the people that we see initially, uh, I thought that Mal and 
Jolie probably had the best chance. Sure. Uh, and my reasoning for that is they've been together for three years. I, I felt like I didn't really know what was going on because Mal's hesitations, as stated, are like financial. And also uh, that, that Mal says Jolie falls in love like hard and fast. And Mal is not convinced that like what is special about them, like what makes sure. them different than these other relationships that Yoli's had in the past. And those to me, like as reasons to not get married, they just sounded like, I don't know, like lead in complaints. Like there's gotta be something mm -hmm. else, something mm -hmm. bigger, like sure. what is it? And so it seemed like, well, maybe if you can get at whatever that is, maybe you guys will have, they, they do seem fond of each other. Like they, you know, more so than some of the other couples. Uh, so I, I felt like they, might have a pretty good chance yeah yeah I know what you mean I so I feel like um I'm saying you know like the sky is orange or something because like everybody who I've read online or talked to is just like so in love with Mal um I and I like Mal a lot but I I there is something about her and something about the way that she speaks that feels very like somebody who has, who knows a lot about therapy, who's read a lot of books, but hasn't necessarily like done the work on themselves. And I think that that's another thing that sets this show in general apart from a lot of reality dating shows. I think because like these are like a bunch of queers in LA, like, and I, I know they're from other places too, but like these are people who know some therapy speak and who have like, who have like done, you know, done at least some initial work on at least knowing certain terms. Um, and I, there was a slickness to Mal that I was like, I don't know. I don't know if you actually believe the things you're saying or if you just kind of want to present this very glossy veneer. And one of the ways in which I felt that is that um, so Mal and Lexi end up having a trial marriage and it seems like there's a lot of heat between them. Uh, they pretty quickly say that they love one another. And then once the trial marriage is up, Mal is just like all in on Yoli again. And to be fair, Mal and Lexi, since the show, have remained good friends, it seems. Um, but I was just like, wow, that was a that was a very quick turnaround. Yeah, I would, I, I, I would not disagree with that. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think that that exists with everyone on, on this sure. show. Like everyone is definitely trying to like present themselves in the most positive light possible because it is television. Um, but yeah, I, I can, I can get behind your idea that like there is, there is kind of a disconnect. Um, and and I think that once we get to like what happens in the reunion, like that, that becomes more apparent. Mm -hmm. yeah that was that was a messy reunion it was it was so uh, all right so these are our these are our first um our first impressions of people um who do you think is like the the biggest catch like who who do you think is like <laughs> would be the best person of these people uh like as a partner or as a person to date um oof, that's a really good question i think um, hmm. probably Xander. I think, I think that that is a great answer. Xander seems really sweet and very genuine and like a person yeah. who has pretty good boundaries considering the nature of reality TV. Um, also like 
certainly good looking, like yeah, actually secure, like yeah, Xander. I also think Sam. Actually, I was gonna say Sam. Uh, Sam is like a, a low key, like decent person uh, in a in in kind of a nest of vipers sometimes. Uh, but Sam seems like a good person, so I think that Xander and and Sam are probably um, the biggest catch. Um, and then I, I want to say who is the worst partner. I I think we've got to give that to Mildred a hundred percent for sure. Um, but. Who is the worst partner who is not, you know, eventually going to be arrested for physically assaulting uh, their person? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, oh man, I think, I think Ozzy, honestly. Um, I really, the, the way, Ozzy is like a, a poster child for somebody who has just not dealt with their trauma <laughs> and is just spewing it out at everybody around them it is it is shocking to me that aussie is like in a relationship like it yes. is it is so surprising because like this is a person who like who even like acknowledges that they have a lot of work to do on themselves and on their journey and everything like that uh and and really like yeah i it, it is like Aussie's communication is like the worst. Like of all the people on the show, Aussie has like the worst communication. Like even mm -hmm. the smallest amount of conflict sends Aussie like to the door. Like yes, just just absolutely Ireland. like yeah. Not not even just like I can't talk about this, but like I'm gonna physically like leave because I'm so uncomfortable uh, with this situation. So yeah, Aussie would be like super super hard to deal with. Vanessa also uh, yes. the, the villain, like very very manipulative, uh, but like in a in a garden variety like narcissistic manipulator reality TV show kind of way. Uh, also not somebody that you super want to be with, and surprisingly because I it's not that I don't like her, but I think that as a partner it would really be a challenge. I am also going to nominate Lexi in this category. Yeah. Um, Particularly because uh, during the trial marriage, and not to you know not to go all Ross and Rachel, but like while on a break, uh, Ray does have an intimate account encounter with uh, Vanessa, who mm -hmm. she's in a trial marriage with, and the the lengths that Lexi seems to go to to really want to punish her for that choice, yeah, are super like. I, I think there is um, there is a moment like in the immediate aftermath and like, okay, nobody is like at their best when they're like caring that their partner, you know, was involved with someone else. Like certainly, you know, that's not anybody's best day. But like at one point, Lexi tells Ray that like she needs to call Lexi's like grandmother, grandfather, <laughs> and like tell them what she did. And I really feel like, okay, that is the point at which you can be like, no, I am done. I do not have to call your grandparent and discuss my yeah. sex life on this reality TV show. I am not going to participate in that. And it sounds like when, when you get to like the reunion, it sounds like this is something that they continue to fight about for like a year. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that like you have to forgive anything that anyone ever does to you. You certainly do not. But if it is not going to be in your power to forgive someone, the kindest thing you could do for both of you is 
once again, ring the bell, break up. Instead of just yeah. like keeping somebody around and, and constantly punishing them, I think that that is a very, very troubling dynamic. I completely agree. Also, like Lexi, you brought Ray to this show. Like, part <laughs> of the deal is that something like this might happen. Um, I, I, yeah, the the finger gate as uh, as everybody was quick to label it. Which can we just put a moratorium on reality show contestants labeling any little thing that happens as blank gate? Mm-hmm. After the last season of Drag Race, I am so over it. Everything was weave gate and metal gate and this gate and that gate and I'm done with it. Okay. Um, but anyway, finger gate. Um, I, it was that whole situation was just like very weird in the way that it was edited because like it's you know it there's like an evening where so Vanessa and Ray are, are one of the trial marriages we're just jumping all over the place but that's okay well I guess we should just say the trial marriages are Mal and Lexi Yoli and Xander Vanessa and Ray Sam and Tiff and Ozzy and Mildred those are yes. those are the trial marriages as those are the trial marriages and there's like this sequence where like Ray and Vanessa are like going to bed and like the whole time Vanessa has been kind of trying to make something physical happen between them and Ray's been like seemed not super into it. And then it like cuts to like outside footage and we hear Ray being like, oh, that feels good. Don't stop. And then it's like cut to next morning. Ray is like in tears. Vanessa's like, hey, what's going on? What's what's happening? It is the weirdest thing. It's all like there's a moment where it's like, did something non-consensual happen? Like, but then it it does seem to have been consensual sex that Ray just feels awful about. Um, and then it just kind of spirals from there into uh something else. And then Vanessa is very quickly to be like, well, I'm not really attracted to Ray. <laughs> You're like, okay, so then what was any of this for? Well, okay, uh, let's let's just talk about Vanessa for a moment. Okay. Um, all right, so Vanessa is, I think um, you could, she's someone who, like, her whole life has been uh, a thin, conventionally attractive white girl. Uh, and I think that um, she really comes to this with a set of beliefs about herself. Uh, and these, these beliefs include like, she's fun. She's bold. She doesn't want to be tied down. Uh, yeah. at one point she says she never saw herself in a long-term relationship. And it's like, well, reality check, you've been with the same person for four years. Like whether or not you ever <laughs> saw yourself in a long-term relationship, you certainly <laughs> seem to be in one actively at this time. Um, but she seems to think that, like, they're going to come here and, like, because Xander gave Vanessa the ultimatum, mm-hmm. that, like, all the power is in Vanessa's hands. Like, Vanessa is going to be the hot ticket. She's going to be desired by everyone. Uh, she is going to, like, sleep around. She's going to have a great time. And then at the end, she is going to decide like what is the future of her and Xander? She holds all the cards yep. and this is the story that she is telling. And I've got to say, I think that Vanessa, her arc is compelling as an absolute freak tragedy because <laughs> her hubris is like what just leads to like the wreck and ruin of yep. like everything that she had. Like at one point, She's like talking to, it might 
might be Lexi. She, she's talking to somebody that she's just chatting up uh, while while speaking to their you know potential future trial spouses. Uh, and she says like, oh, like you know, if they weren't with me, Xander would basically be asexual. Like, so her her perception is that like she's gonna get to have all this fun and like there's just no way that Xander is gonna like connect with anyone or get mm-hmm, physical mm-hmm, with mm-hmm, anyone mm-hmm. or you know that that's just not really on her radar at all and then what ends up happening is that Xander ends up falling uh pretty much madly in love with Yoli in their trial marriage uh, a very shippable couple I think mm-hmm, you could mm-hmm. say very compelling uh, reality TV and uh, Vanessa ends up getting broken up with yes yes which clearly uh, she is so clearly unprepared for and she also does like a 180 over the course of the experience and decides that she would like to be married to Xander, like that she would, ah. if proposed to, totally accept. Uh, which it's hard to say whether that is like a genuine revolution on her part or whether it's just like the prospect of losing Xander is is kind of what like motivates her there. Yes. So a thing with Vanessa is that she wants to have control over pretty much any situation. Um, can we talk about the, the separate kids thing now? Because <laughs> oh that's... Yes, my notice Vanessa wants separate children. What could this possibly mean? <laughs> <laughs> so so early in the series, uh, Yoli and Xander are having a conversation and they both are talking about how they both like kids. And Xander is like, oh, well, you know, would you want it to be a thing where like I have my kids and you have your kids and we're sort of raised separately and Yoli's like whatever could you mean that's ridiculous what what like in what universe would that exist and Xander's like oh well that's sort of how Vanessa wanted us to raise our children uh so it would be something like I don't know like Vanessa's kids would call Xander like like auntie Xander and you know not go to her for anything or something but like, okay, the whole the whole idea that like Vanessa, like this is what Vanessa has like proposed to Xander uh, in terms of like having kids. It just shows how deeply unserious Vanessa is as a person because like, yeah. okay, the baby is crying in the middle of the night, but oh, it's your baby. So I guess <laughs> you have to deal with it. And I'm just going to sleep here. Uh, you know, like that is not how, that that is just not how children work. So like what, like, you have two kids who are in elementary school and Xander is going to drive Xander's kid and Vanessa is going to drive Vanessa's kid. Like that is not how any of this works. That is totally, uh, that, that is like one of the wildest things that we hear on, on this show. One of the weirdest parts of it too, is that it's like never really followed up on in a real way. When Vanessa suddenly does the the 180 sort of towards the end of the series and is like, actually, I do want to get married. Nobody calls her out on, hey, Vanessa, do you still want to do separate kids? Which also goes to an issue, which is the host of this little program, Joanna Garcia Swisher, not queer, not a host. Not famous. Not not particularly famous. No, um, looks, looks like kind of a down market Amy Adams. Yes. Yes, I I don't know why they didn't get Jane Lynch for this gig. This feels like a Jane, like, 
I mean, who would you like to have seen as the host? Oh, my gosh. I mean, okay. I I feel like I understand that this is a show that might not have the budget for Jane Lynch. I understand that this is a show that might not have the budget for, like, you know, Haley Kiyoko or something. But I still feel like they could get, like, any of the queer women who've been on the circle. They could find, like, a therapist. Like, you know, I I feel like uh, really anybody probably would have been better than, like, she's forgettable this host is forgettable and so it's almost like a jump scare when she pops up from time to time (laughs) oh right i forgot about i forgot about the straight woman who's like wandering in here in fancy clothes and like talking to people uh in weird ways so i i think they definitely should have had a queer host uh but i feel like possibly the reason they didn't is because they were like all right we have a gaggle of messy queers and possibly one of them likely vanessa would have tried to seduce or sleep with the host. So, Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're probably right. It's so funny, though, because it does feel like, you know, the the first moment that Vanessa, or that, um, sorry, that Joanna um, uh, comes up, it's like, I didn't even realize she has your name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, because um, she has three names. Joanna has- is just like the first part. Yeah, um, but would, like the first line out of, her, out of her mouth is like one of the contestants is like, are you queer? And she just kind of like smiles sheepishly and is like, I am not. And it's like, this is how you're introducing us to your host? Well, and also they all act so excited to see her, like as if she is a celebrity, although she is not a celebrity. So it was it was very, it was, it was very confusing. I thought the, the way that the show is structured is like really it's it's confounding sometimes like i we're like we're very far into the show before we hear that mildred has a son yes who has like developmental delays that like is you know obviously a pretty big thing in her life we're like very far in before we find that out um the show like they never show anybody really with with a few minor exceptions talking about like what they do as like yeah a job uh, or like where they live, where they want to live. If they like, live together. Yeah. yeah. Like those, those things all seem like kind of, especially like if you're thinking about like, is this somebody I want to have a relationship with? Like those all seem like things that you would consider. And like, you know, you are not your job. Like we are living under late stage capitalism, but like certainly people are more than what they do for a living. But like, you know, somebody might be like, Hmm, you know, if you're a prison guard, I don't really want to date you. Like that, that could certainly be a sure. for someone. Or like someone like Mal, who seems to have like a lot of, um, a lot of concerns about financial security. Like that made me feel like, well, does Yoli like not have a job? Does Yoli have like a much lower paying job? Like what is going on? Um, like what, what's going on there? And then I think like in the reunion at some point, Mildred is like, getting on tiff about not having a job and it's like when when that could have come up at some point if that is like a stress in your relationship it's so weird and and another thing that's like interesting about that aspect of it is like that would be an opportunity to have some conversations about like oh when you when you don't have like a quote-unquote man in the relationship who is the breadwinner and who stays yeah. home and raises the kids? And what does that look like? And how do we figure this out? And that 
I think could have been a fascinating conversation, but they they just they weren't really interested in in going into that. They also like some we meet some families, we don't meet other families, some families we hear about, some families we do not hear about. Um there's sort of this thread of like it seems like maybe Yoli and Mal were like roommates or something for a while or friends for a while before they got together, but like that's never really made clear either. No, and although like Yoli is, although Yoli is like very um, like sure in the beginning uh, that she does want to marry Mal, uh, Yoli and Xander seem to get like they seem to get physical pretty quickly. Like it's not, you know, it. I don't think we know like a timeline on it, but I would not be surprised if the two of them hooked up like first night or second night of trial marriage like it, it seems like it happens pretty fast and then later when Yoli and Mal are like trying to figure out their situation it it seems like it, it seems like they, there might be some kind of a either a mismatch in like their sex drives or yeah like, I, I think Yoli like periodically says like I don't feel romantic towards you or something like that. And again, it seems like that is something that should be like maybe addressed in a more explicit way. Like if you're going to marry this person, just an idea that I have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's a, I think that's a very good idea. I think that's a very good <laughs> idea for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So of the trial marriage couples, um, who did you find yourself rooting for the most? Well, I think the trial marriage couples, I think all of them are really interesting because all of them kind of show, like the whole idea is like you've been in a relationship for like X number of years and then now there's this new person. So there's new relationship energy, but there's also like things that are like a major bone of contention in the original relationship are suddenly just absent. Like Yoli mm -hmm. clearly does not like, Yoli often uses a phrase of like, I need you to show up for me when she's talking to Mal. And she, she repeatedly says to Xander, like, I never have to ask you to show up and showing up. It seems to be like, kind of about like being considerate and like doing household labor and, sure. you know, like just, just kind of stuff like that. Um, so I think that's very interesting. But then I also think that like when Mal and Lexi are together and Mal is saying like, you know, this is so easy uh, that it seems like, you know, it, it seems like everyone is just feeling like, oh, wow, the way that my relationship is, things don't have to be that way. Uh, and I think it, it really seems like a revelation, like even, um, even Sam, who is kind of stuck with Tiff, and they have this giant fight because like, Tiff wants her strange dog that Sam has never met to sleep in the bed. And if Sam doesn't want that, then she's just like total trash. Like, you know, like, yeah. But like Sam comes from a relationship where her partner never communicates and runs from all signs of conflict. So like, even this is like, oh, I guess this is what it would be like to have open conflict. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Sam and Aussie are such an interesting case it is particularly in the particularly in the idea of just sort of like the momentum of a long-term relationship even though they haven't been together all that long because like 
clearly there is so much that Sam is just putting up with. And Sam at one point says like, oh, well, you know, you have to only talk to Ozzy when Ozzy isn't triggered and you have to let Ozzy have space and you have to, you know, and sort of all of these concessions that Sam is making to tend to Ozzy's sort of fragile ability to communicate. And it, after the trial marriage, Sam seems to recognize, like, oh, maybe I don't have to live this way. Like, maybe mm-hmm. I actually don't have to just bend myself into all sorts of pretzels to try to, you know, make sure that Aussie doesn't feel too triggered and can actually have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit. So Sam winds up with Tiff and Aussie winds up with Mildred for these trial marriages. Yes. And as as discussed, Aussie has truly, truly abysmal conflict. I don't even want to call them t- conflict resolution skills because, like, like it's not even about conflict resolution. It's just about the ability to like be present in a situation where there is even like extremely mild conflict. Like, yeah, you know, like to the level of someone saying, like, "Hey, let's talk about." this thing that just happened like yeah no can't do it um so Aussie is with Mildred who has like you know as as we said like gets arrested for domestic violence before this is all uh wrapped up and at one point they start to have some conflict and Aussie like really can't handle it they're very like passive aggressive with one another for a while And then Aussie leaves and Aussie leaves saying, I don't feel safe. And the show really, really frames this as like, oh, look at how bad at conflict Aussie is. And I'm not saying Aussie isn't bad at conflict, like Mm -hmm. 100% very bad at conflict, but they really needed to do a better job. Like Aussie is saying, I don't feel safe with this person. And this person does turn out to be an abuser. Like I'm shocked. I am shocked at the editing that kind of blames that whole thing on Aussie and does not put any weight on like what kind of a person is Mildred in a relationship. And actually goes out of its way to make Mildred look like the reasonable one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. It's very, very strange. And it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, I, I don't really like any of these people, you know, I mean, that was sort of, I came away from the series feeling that way about a lot of people, um, and feeling like, um, the show definitely crafted particular narratives that I think the reunion blasts away a little bit because like the show crafts this narrative for like uh Yoli and Xander for example that they're just these like star-crossed lovers meant to be all of this and perhaps it felt that way in the moment but like you find out after the fact of like yeah the steam there we really didn't have that much in common and we were just kind of infatuated with one another and kind of it kind of burned itself out I mean so they say like so they say do you really think they didn't hook up at Coachella Oh, I think they hooked up, but I kind of think it was a thing of, like, they hooked up and then they were like, yeah, we kind of just needed to, like, get this out of our systems a little bit, mm. you know? Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that it's the the bloom comes off the rose for a lot of these couples. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I So the thing that I think that is, like, 
even more tragic about Vanessa is that Mildred deserves the villain cut more than Vanessa does. Like Vanessa yes. is not even in the end the biggest villain of the show. No. Uh, so it's like, oh man, like she just really like she really kind of um she really kind of gets a worse edit than I think she probably deserves, all things considered. Well, in an, in a fascinating final like coda to Vanessa too, she between the the airing of the or between the filming of the show and the uh, reunion, she has clearly gotten a lot of plastic surgery that makes her almost unrecognizable, um, which I found fascinating from the standpoint of like, did she? I mean, I don't want to psychoanalyze anybody's reasons for getting plastic surgery. People can get it for all sorts of reasons, but. From the standpoint of like, she gets this villain edit and then changes her face so she looks almost completely different. It's <laughs> well, kind of fascinating. Well, I really feel like, um, I really feel like the villain edit that Vanessa does get, like, whomst who has seen this show, if they encountered Vanessa like in the world or on a dating app, would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll give this this woman a try, like. No, she seems like she, se- she seems like so toxic. This is like, this is like when they talk about like jury selection, and they're like, oh, you know, they're poisoning the well. Like, I don't know, I don't know who would want to date Vanessa after seeing her behavior on this show. I don't know anyone who is queer who would like hear about their friend hooking up with Vanessa and not be like, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so I do red think, flags floor. Yeah, I I do think that Vanessa, I I that's a shame if she changed her whole appearance. But yeah, if I were her, I would definitely like maybe start going by my middle name for a while. Um, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe lay low for a bit. Who of these people do you think you'd want to hang out with in real life? Uh, I think I would hang out with Xander, and I think that um, I I mean as as friends, I think I would hang out with Lexi she does seem fun yeah yeah I agree she seems like she'd be a good time not a fun person to be in a relationship with but a fun a fun hang yeah yeah Ray I feel like Ray is just a person who was not made for reality television because she she seems like a fine person she kind of comes across as like a bit of a soggy cracker on tv I think um and I I don't think that's entirely her fault no no I would I would definitely uh, I would definitely agree with that. Um, so, like, what do you think, like, what do you think the new relationship energy that all of the new couples have, like, what is that teaching people? Mm. Oh, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think it's teach- teaching people in terms of the audience or the people on the show themselves. The The sh- people on the show. People on the show. I think that it's probably teaching them that a relationship can look a lot of different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to look the way that they feel that it has to look. I also think it's teaching them that, like, infatuation is very powerful. And even if you think you are immune to it, you might not be. Um, and And then in other ways, I think it's probably teaching them things that they miss about their their former partners you know Mm -hmm. um what about you what do you think it's teaching them yeah I mean like just what we were talking about in terms of like a relationship like the the lesson that like 
all relationships don't have to look like your current relationship. It seems particularly like valuable for Xander um, who to learn like, oh, not everybody wants to have separate children, for example. Uh, And, you know, like somebody, you can be with somebody who doesn't necessarily need to be the center of attention all the time. Um, You know, those, those seem to be like pretty, pretty valuable and eye-opening lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I also think that in terms of the audience, like it's, it's cool to see those dynamics, the flirtation and the interest and all that. It's cool to see that with queer couples on, you know, a major platform like Netflix. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, because you see, like, um, you do see Mildred and Tiff definitely are are having sex, like, in, you know, the final night before they go to the trial marriages. Xander and Yoli are definitely, like, getting it on during the trial marriage. You see Yoli mm-hmm. and Mal later on. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of queer sex on this show compared mm-hmm. to, like, almost any other one that I can think of. Yeah, yeah, I would completely agree. Uh, so how do you think, like, sex and physical intimacy change the equation in the trial marriages? Because, because, like, Xander and Yoli, who, like, really seem to, like, bond, like, very strongly, very quickly, are one of the trial couples that's having sex. But then Vanessa and Ray, like, they do not bond after they no. intimate. Like, it actually seems to really, like, drive them significantly apart yeah no absolutely I think that it's really it's a sort of um it's kind of the great equalizer a little bit right like it's sort of it's sort of uh it's a great test of like okay so what kind of chemistry do we have how can we communicate um all of that I uh Kelsey's theory was that um Lexi and Mal like had sex the first night and like systems and then they were sort of like okay like now we can just be friends because they seem to have a lot of heat and then that heat really cools into a friendship um they have a lot of physical intimacy even for a couple that's not like they're constantly cuddling in bed and stuff like that yeah yeah absolutely um i think that it's it's interesting too like at one point i think in the reunion i think it's lexi that says like well, with queer sex, we all have different ideas of, like, what constitutes sex. Uh, okay, <laughs> yes. She says that, and that is a conversation worth having. But, uh, so Lexi, she, she becomes so upset and so outraged that Vanessa and Ray were involved. And she, like, at varying points, she claims that it's not that Ray had sex with someone else. It's that it was Vanessa. It's mm-hmm. not that you slept with her. It's that how could you have trusted her enough to let her inside of you? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I cannot say if Lexi, like, believes what she is selling us there. But I I am not buying it. I am not buying it. That, like, if, if she were having sex with just someone who was not the villain, uh, that Lexi would be fine with it. Lexi clearly would not be fine with it like in any circumstance and should have just been upfront about that when they went on the show together. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I think so too. And I think it's it's 
I don't know. Lexi is an interesting one because I was really on her side when the show started, because especially because she was calling out Vanessa. And I was like, yes, Lexi, yes. And then she just cannot let it go. But you know what else is interesting, though, is that I think one of the things that, like, bothers Lexi about Vanessa is that the two of them were really vibing at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and then Vanessa being Vanessa had to be like, well, I'm not just going to, like, you know, I'm not just going to do this. I'm also going to, like, you know, kind of, you know, slither up to the other half of this couple and see who was, like, I, I mean, I think it's entirely possible that Vanessa would have chosen Lexi if Lexi hadn't, like, sort of realized that Vanessa was, like, not really there for the best reasons and then called her out on it. Yeah, I saw some people saying that they felt like Lexi was reacting to Vanessa because she actually is quite similar to Vanessa. Um, And I I don't know that I entirely see that. I do think something that is a similarity between the two of them is that they are both people who like to uh, have the control in the relationship um, and sort of be... Um, you know, at the reins a bit. And I think we saw that in Vanessa and Xander's relationship in an interest, like, I think we see it sort of inverse, like inverse versions of that, where I think with Vanessa and Xander, it's more like Vanessa denying Xander things that Xander wants. And I think with Lexi and Ray, it's more like Lexi deciding what like the next moves of the relationship are going to be. Yeah. I think that that is, I think that that is probably, um, that is probably pretty, pretty accurate yeah yeah and it's you know of course it's always the thing of like nobody knows what a relationship is like unless you're inside of it but it is uh inside of it like Vanessa was inside of (laughs) Ray. um but it is it is fascinating the glimpses that we get well and so what we were talking about was that Lexi brings up that like you know queer sex it means different things to different people and they're you know it's different from like heterosex and like what constitutes this and so it actually seems like what Lexi is trying to sell us there is the idea that like there are like gradations of like a sexual act that she would have felt differently about uh Mm -hmm. as as regards to like this this cheating scandal uh that is drummed up uh I I do not believe that Do, do you believe that like that she would have felt like differently uh, depending on like whether it was fingering or whether it was oral or whether there was like some, no. you know, like, no, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> no, no. I felt like that was a little bit like that reminded me of the moment that um, they were having uh, one of the like round table conversations and somebody brought up p- being a power bottom and like Joanna Garcia Swisher very defensively is like, I know what a power bottom is. And I, I was felt- like, a jump scare. I was like, what is she doing here? Why is she talking about power bottoms? But I sort of felt like Lexi bringing that up was a little bit Lexi kind of trying to be like, well, Joanna Garcia Swisher, like you don't understand the nuances of queer love. And like, that is valid. However, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like a totally valid shield from that particular argument. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So who got kind of the best and the worst deal in the trial marriages, do you think? In the trial marriages? Yeah. Um, who? I think, I mean, Xander and Yoli, I think, made out really, really well. <laughs> um, 
I think Aussie got a pretty rough deal. And I think Sam did too, because I think that like Sam ended up in another relationship with somebody who was sort of the like some the other person's emotions were sort of steamrolling over her. I, I also think that like a number of people on this show could uh would do well to like learn a little bit about codependency. <laughs> Uh, particularly Sam and Ray. Um, and I think that, you know, what I want for Sam, uh, I hope that Sam and, and Aussie can work it out. I hope that Aussie can like get therapy and figure themselves out, figure Aussie out. Um, but I, I would really like for Sam to be able to be in a relationship where like she is being taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, yeah. I definitely agree with that. What um, about you? Well, I think that Lexi gets a pretty good deal. I know you're not fond of Mal, but Lexi goes into a complete, like, tailspin over Ray and Vanessa. And I feel like Mal is an extremely, like, supportive partner uh, to her during during that time. And also, like, really, um, like, does, does their best to, like, kind of gently, gently offer some reality checks regarding that situation. Yeah, no, I would I would totally agree with that. I think that Mal is a pretty great partner to Lexi. I feel like Mal is maybe not the greatest partner to Yoli. I, I agree. And I'll say that one of the things, uh, I guess we're about to get kind of back into uh, when the original couples get back together uh, after the trial marriages, like how it goes and what happens. But during that period, Mal is like making breakfast for Yoli at one point. And I feel is very much doing the Prezra, I want a parade because I am only giving you the best berries. And it's just like, yeah, if you're if you're making that big of a deal over this berry breakfast, like that definitely like that definitely shows that you are not a person who has like ever gotten your partner a bowl of cereal before. (laughs) In my opinion. So who do you think fares best during the like the back togethers? Ooh, I mean, no one. When they get back together, it just seems to become even more clear that everybody should, like, just break up. But I feel like during the back-togethers, that's when you get the tension between, like, what people thought they wanted and what they really want. Like, because Yoli has been saying, like, I really want my partner to, like, show up for me. And then Mal is really trying, it seems like, trying to, to do that and to be that, whether it's for the cameras, whether it's genuine. Um, but you can tell that like what Yoli then is kind of feeling like she wants is what she had with Xander. Um, yep. and then Xander, like when they reunite with Vanessa, like it's Vanessa has done this complete, like this complete 180 and Vanessa is like, I love you so much. I just want to be with you. I'm taking you on this hot air balloon ride. Like, love, 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 love. Say it back. Like she actually. Say it back, Xander. Yeah. Fuck. Say it back, Xander. (laughs) That is, like, the cartoon level of, like, narcissistic villainy. Like, she actually says the quiet part loud. Like, I'm saying it so that you'll say it back. Why won't you say it back? Like, oh, man. But, like, Suzander, who, like, this seems to be, like, the the version of Vanessa that they have long wished for, uh, once they're, like, back in that situation, like, it could not be more clear that, like, Xander really does not want a part of it in any, like, significant way. Yeah, yeah, and that Xander really got a taste of, like, what a different kind of partnership could feel like. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, God, yeah. None of the couples, it is shocking that there are as many engagements as there are just based on how rough it is once everybody's back together. Well, so I mean, spoiler alert, but like every single one of the people who is given an ultimatum eventually does propose to the person that they yeah. started the show with, which is like, I I just feel like, what the actual fuck? Like, how do any of these couples think they're going to get married? Again, I'm ringing the bell of like, break up, break up. Oh my God, break up, all of you. Um, huh. Who had the worst proposal in your opinion? Oh, God. I mean, I don't think that, I don't think that any of the proposals were especially good. Um, boy, who had the worst? I, I mean, I kind of want to say Vanessa because it was like, that one was kind of like painful to watch because you just sort of knew like what was coming. But I, I don't think that I don't think Aussies was good. I don't I don't get them were very good. What what's your take who had the worst? I mean I think I would say it's a tie between Aussie Aussie and Tiff and Mildred. Cause like Ozzy had the whole bit with the rock, which was just so uncomfortable. And then, but then like Tiff just like monologued and monologued and monologued. And then, you know, it's all soured, of course, by then what you know about what happened mm-hmm. after the fact. Um, yeah, I th- I think that they were all bad. And I mean, what did, what, how did you feel about the reunion moment? Not, not in the reunion hosted by Joanna Garcia Swisher, but the, uh, the moment after Vanessa and Xander broke up when Xander and Yoli met back up. Oh man. So Yoli, like, and again, the tension between what you think you want and what you actually want. Like when Mal proposes, Yoli says yes, which is kind of shocking because, and, and like in that moment, it really feels like, it really feels like Yoli is saying yes, because it's like a habit, like the habit of wanting Mal to propose is so strong. They're sure. like, oh, this is here. This is what I wanted. So I'm, you know, yes, I'm going to say yes. Um, but then I, I feel like Yoli, like in the immediate aftermath of that is like sitting on a curb crying because yeah. they're going to have to go talk to Xander. And I feel like, man like tough um I, I mean i wanted when when xander says do you just want to walk out of here together i wanted them to walk out of there yeah together. didn't you oh i totally did and i and i wonder had yoli picked xander had yoli walked off with xander in that moment or not said yes to mal if they would still be together i think that they might have i think that i xander, Yeah, I think that Xander, understandably, was really hurt by the idea of being a second choice. Um, But I think, I don't know. I think that if they had really given it a shot, they might have, something might have worked out, at least for a little while. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the idea of the hell yeah. Um, (laughs) As as used in the show, I want to be someone's hell yeah. 
like that that means they don't want a partner who's lukewarm on them they want someone who's gonna say like do i want to be with you do i want to be married to you hell yeah um so do you think that when yoli said yes that she was like saying hell yeah to mel no definitely not (laughs) you no i don't and furthermore I think that if someone is so reluctant to commit that you drag them onto this reality TV show, you already have your answer. You are yeah. not there, hell yeah. Like, it's, yeah. You would know. Also, do you think, um, like, what do you think of the idea of the hell yeah? Like, do you think it's basically just like a commitment expression of like, you know, enthusiastic consent? Or do you feel like it is like something that was invented for this show uh, as as an important marker? I mean, I think it's sort of both. I think that existing on this show means that you cannot, kind of what you just said, you can't really be somebody's hell yeah. If somebody is having to be dragged onto the show, if somebody is just like, not sure if they want to be married to you and has so many questions about that as a possibility. I think that they're nobody's anybody's hell. Yeah. In that scenario, you know, right. Right. That's kind of how I feel. I think all of these couples are just hell knows. Like I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am not there for it. I really like every time that any of the couples interact with their actual real world friends, uh, yes. because I feel like that's such a, like, it's it's so nice to see people, like, I think at one point Sandra's friend is like, well, you know, I don't fully dislike Vanessa. And that's, oh, like, that's like, exactly, that's like exactly the thing that your best friend says with like, oh God, they can't stand your partner. They just well, also, is it, um, is her name, Felicia or Francesca Tiff's friend who um who who like kind of lightly flirts with Sam. Yes. This way where you're like, I feel like maybe you two should get together. <laughs> yeah. And and then you like you meet Vanessa's dad at one point. Oh. And it becomes it becomes so painfully clear that like this is kind of why Vanessa is the way that she is, because yeah. like this is this is the example of like adulthood that was in front of her, which is like, ugh, honey. Um, yeah, but I I loved all of those moments. Uh, and it, so then the, everybody proposes, uh, and Xander says no, uh, but everybody else pretty much says yes, um, leaving leaving Vanessa to like face like the wreck and ruin in the Greek tragedy all alone. Um, you know, like, not only did she not get to, like, go out and, like, you know, have a wilding and hook up with all these people, like, she's actually the villain, like, her trial wife isn't allowed to talk to her anymore, like, you know, it's a bust for her. Yeah, it really, it really is, although I, I'd like to think that she genuinely did learn some stuff about herself. Maybe, maybe. I, I hope so, I hope so. Who do you feel the most hopeful for? individually after the reunion oh xander a hundred percent yeah 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 no i i think so i think so too i think that they have 
really grown into themselves and also are going to have a lot of ladies in their DMs. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, so when the reunion came around, like of the couples that had gotten engaged, Mal and Yoli, it seems like broke up really pretty quickly. Like yes. they, they broke up like a week or two after filming. There was, there was some disagreement about like the exact timeline on that, but they, they did not last. And they seem to have had like a pretty acrimonious split. Like yes. there's there's a lot of hostility between them uh, as as they're talking at the reunion, um, and Mal is kind of accusing Yoli of like really like you know kind of lying about what was what was going on with them, not not being truthful about everything that was going on with Xander. Which that's so interesting because again, based on the edit. It seems like Yoli is extremely upfront about like, yeah, I am in love with another person in addition mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. what's going on with us. What what was your take on that? You know, it's interesting because I, I sort of got at this earlier, but I feel like the reunion was really this this moment of like like the reunion, even there's that scene where Tiff walks off the set and it's like, oh my God, we're outside the studio. Like there's like a PA in like a mask, like right there, you know, like, it's like, oh, the, you know, the, the wizard is not real. The, the fourth wall has been broken. And I really feel like in general, that reunion was sort of like, um, breaking down a lot of our ideas about who these people were like Mal and Yoli, like there was a lot of bitterness there. Mm -hmm. And I had, I really actually liked Yoli in a lot of ways. I think she felt in many ways to me, like one of the, the more real people on the show. Um, but after watching that, I'm like, I don't know. I don't really know what to believe. I don't really know what to believe about any of these people other than that. I want Mildred as far away from Tiff and in a lot of therapy before she tries to date anyone again. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, hard agree. I also think it was really, first of all, like the show already knew that there had been an arrest for domestic violence. Like the show is already aware of that. I don't think they should have had Tiff and Mildred even be like on the same set. I think they should have interviewed them separately, maybe even apart from the rest of the cast. I think that if if they, Mm -hmm. if they felt like they needed to interview both of them, I think it would also have been completely fair to cut Mildred out of the reunion altogether and just like sure. put up like a placard about what happened. I think that that would also have been a solid choice. I think they made the worst possible choice of putting them both in a situation where Mildred is again, like yelling at Tiff and like just throwing a bunch of accusations around and even seems to blame Tiff for calling the police. Like she's yeah. like, I, I broke this picture frame and there's broken glass and then I threw a pet gate and, like, you can definitely tell that, like, Mildred is just spinning this as, like, this is just a regular Tuesday for us. And then yeah. what happens? You know, Tiff calls the police and I get arrested. Um, and I just felt like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then when Tiff leaves, which is, like, the best choice she can make for herself in that situation, it the show just really sort of seeds the narrative yeah. to Mildred, who is the abuser who stays, which that I just felt was like, oh, man hugely hugely problematic and that Mildred is like very calm through all of it and Tiff is clearly emotions are very very raw for them and you know is 
yeah, it's just, it, oh my gosh, it was really, it was really hard. Hats off to, um, to Sam who went out to check on, on. Tim. Yeah. The, the, the only good person. <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, I think Xander's a good person too. I actually sort of feel like what if Xander and Sam had gotten together? I feel like that is, that is a pairing that we didn't uh, that we didn't get to see as much, and I also feel like Tiff and Vanessa could have been interesting because Tiff, <laughs> because yeah. Tiff kind of likes you know I, I feel like she could have been maybe drawn to that energy. Yes, yes. I mean, I will say like t- there is absolutely no uh, excuse or explanation for Mildred being abusive towards Tiff. Completely separately from that issue. Tiff seems insufferable to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think that, I mean, I think everybody on the show, like, had a lot of work to do on themselves before they could really be ready for, like, long-term successful partnership. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, Tiff would be a, a difficult person to date as well. Yes, yes. Or be friends with, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it ends, it, it, it ends in this wild, wild way where like, there's sort of, you know, Lexi and Ray are to get, what's that? No, I was just gonna say, so Xander and Vanessa broke up like yep. before the, you know, b- b- mm-hmm. like on, in the course of the show, they broke up. Mal and Yoli broke up like shortly after the show. Uh, and then you have, uh, Tiff and, and Mildred who broke up between the show and the reunion, uh, and had domestic violence stuff going on. And then it sounded like Tiff had to live there or at least had had their stuff there for a period of time. Yeah, also, it oh, sounded man, what a, really what a bad, what a bad really messy. So by the time we get to the reunion, the only two couples who are still together are Lexi and Ray and Sam and Aussie. Yes. And the show kind of ends on this note of like, you know, Ray, I think, I think maybe Lexi even has like one of the last lines where she's like, and I'm so happy about how this all went and we're here together and we can't wait to get married. And they have this very cute, like double proposal moment, which actually, I think that their proposal is probably the best um, of all of them. And then, and then like a thing comes up on the screen. It's like right after the filming of this, Lexi and Ray broke up. The engagement is off. I, I don't know if you heard this or not, but I think I saw like in the there was either in the Autostraddle article or in the comment section that somebody said um, a viewer who is like visually impaired and was listening to the audio oh, description, yes. mm-hmm. the, the audio description said that like Lexi thought that Ray was potentially like being unfaithful and that was what led to the breakup, but they didn't like they didn't say that on the title card so who knows what the truth is who knows what the truth is oh man did she demand that ray call her grandparents again (laughs) uh, to to get at whatever happened how many people have how many fingers have been inside you ray um (laughs) yeah it was kind of like what would your grandparent even do like i could not even oh my gosh i cannot even imagine God, I know it was kind of the perfect just implosion of drama, though, there at the end. Yeah, 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 I agree. But Sam and Aussie, like, against all odds, those two are still together and still, like, on their journey towards potentially getting married. Yes. What would be your advice to them if you were their therapist? 
I mean, break up. All yes. Couples should break up. First thought, best thought. But no, I mean, I think that they're, I think that they are like working on the right things. Like when Sam was saying, like, you know, we're just trying to like reduce the amount of time the Aussie needs before like returning, at, you know, and, and like discussing, you know, Aussie's emotions and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think that they should also really work on like prioritizing Sam's needs in that relationship. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And figuring out like, okay, Aussie, when you're feeling really triggered, how can we like deescalate the situation? So you're not like screaming on a curb, Mm -hmm. uh, like Mm -hmm. that one dinner ended, like how that one dinner ended. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Do you have more that you want to say about this show? I mean, what, I, I just feel like all reality television should be queer. The queer season yes. of Are You the One remains one of my favorite television reality experiences of all time. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally here for this. I hope they do a million more seasons because oh, queers, like queer people have like such a high, uh, you know, such a high potential for mess. Uh, and it's it's awesome to see that represented here on this trashy, trashy show. Oh, it's it's incredible. And it's it's really like the possibilities become so much more interesting when like anybody can hook up with anybody. Um, I was thinking about like it, what sort of um, queer what what existing dating show format would I want with all queers on it? Um, I definitely think a queer love is blind would be great. Um, and also very like, that is the way that so many queer people meet is like they meet, you know, in an online space or something where they're only talking and they don't actually meet face to face for a very long time. Um, I also think an all queer version of perfect match would be very fun. Continuing, continuing the Lachey averse. Um, so what about you? What, what's a, what's a dating show format that you enjoy oh man um well does it have to necessarily i just think that all of the reality shows should be queer i would i would love like an all queer version of the circle where everybody is yeah. i i would love to see like an all queer like housewives franchise sure um i would love to like i i would be i would be so here for any of that oh incredible incredible stuff yeah. And just fun. It was like a fun, ridiculous little romp kind of leading us into Pride Month. Like, what yeah. a fun time. Yeah. Loved, loved it. Really actually enjoyed it uh, and felt like, you know, it, it seemed like there was actually a surprising amount of personal growth on behalf yeah. of the contestants. Uh, or, or, I mean, the cast, the contestants, the characters, the people. The characters. Uh, as, as <laughs> we, yeah. As we move through the experience. The experience, always the experience. Um, yes, well, I would so love to hear our listeners' takes on this show, like who you loved, who you didn't love so much, uh, maybe your pitches for hosts for the next season. I think that would be really fun. Um, as always, you can get in touch with us at everybodyapodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram at everybodyapodcast. You can check out our Spotify, everybody a, everybody gay. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would appreciate it. Um, yeah, this is, we'll have one more episode, I think, before the end of Pride Month. So what a, yeah. what a fun, what a fun way to, uh, to celebrate the month of Pride. We hope that you're all having a, a safe and happy Pride out there. Exactly, exactly. 
Um, have a great time. Be safe. Till next time. Drink water and wear sunscreen. <laughs> Take care. Thank you.